Welcome to another edition of Profiles, a look into the music, artistry, lives, and legacies of the musicians and artists who defined a uniquely creative era by breaking boundaries and finding new influences. While they not only ushered in social as well as political change, they also created immensely popular legacies that have truly stood the test of time. James Woody, you can come on in, man, and you can blow now if you want to. We're through. Welcome to Profiles with Maggie LaPique. Today we're going to discuss a new art exhibit coming to Los Angeles, and it's called Jean-Michel Basquiat, King Pleasure, opening in downtown L.A. Friday, March 31st at the Grand L.A. Jean-Michel Basquiat's contribution to the history of art and his explorations of multifaceted cultural phenomena, including music, the black experience, pop culture, black American sports figures, literature, and other sources, will be showcased through immersive environments providing unique insight into the late artist's creative life and his singular voice that propelled a social and cultural narrative that continues to this day. Organized and curated by the family of Jean-Michel Basquiat, this exhibition of over 200 never-before-seen and rarely shown paintings, drawings, multimedia presentations, ephemera, and artifacts tell the story of Jean-Michel from an intimate perspective, intertwining his artistic endeavors with his personal life, influences, and the times in which he lived. To discuss this remarkable exhibit is pop culture exhibition planner and curator Eileen Shepard-Gallagher. Eileen Shepard-Gallagher has been helping organizations tell their stories for 30 years. She began as a young curator at the DeYoung Museum in San Francisco before going on to top curatorial post at the Queens Museum of Art in New York, the Library of Congress in Washington, D.C., and the John and Mabel Ringling Museum of Art in Sarasota. For five years, she served as director of exhibitions for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Museum in Cleveland, where she guided all aspects of the inaugural galleries leading up to and following the museum's public opening. Eileen taught exhibition planning and design for over 20 years at New York University in the Graduate Museum Studies Program. Today, she heads ISG Productions. Eileen, welcome to KPFK Radio and Profiles. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to have you. Now, we began the show with King Pleasure's classic, Moody's Mood for Love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a little background on this song, because the name of the exhibit is Jean-Michel Basquiat, King Pleasure. And King Pleasure is the title of a painting created by Jean-Michel in 1987 and the name of a bebop-loving bartender turned jazz vocalist whose first hit in 1952, Moody's Mood for Love, catapulted him to fame. The song was a favorite of the WBLS DJ Frankie Crocker, who played it at the close of his show every night in the 1970s. Now, Jean-Michel's father, Gerard Basquiat, is said to have been very fond of this tune. Tell us who Jean-Michel Basquiat was. Well, you know, Jean-Michel was a real force of nature in terms of his contributions to the art world. You know, he started out as a graffiti artist painting outside with a partner and would kind of put slogans around. His name for his outdoor graffiti was Samo. And this was when he didn't have a lot of money or a lot of fame. And 
once he started to be able to paint inside and get gallery space, he really took the art world by storm. One of his first exhibitions was at PS1 in New York. And then he had an exhibition at a near no say gallery as well. And then he just took off from there. So he's kind of categorized as a neo-expressionist. But I think what resonates with people so much about Jean-Michel's work is that he has a way of combining imagery and words in a very unique fashion. And the more you look at the paintings, the more you understand, the more you learn. It's really pretty incredible. You're speaking about the connection between visual art and music. And it's especially significant when it comes to Jean-Michel. But tell us a little bit more about the late 1970s and 80s art and the music scene in New York and how it was sort of a catalyst for Basquiat's approach to his creative works. So Jean-Michel was always very interested in music. I mean, this was a really important part of his DNA. And actually, for a while, he was part of a band called Grey, which was kind of like a dissident jazz band. And he also went to a lot of clubs in New York. I mean, at the time, it was disco, it was punk, it was kind of this melange of everything that was happening in lower Manhattan. Hip-hop was just starting. It was really quite the center of kind of downtown culture. And he participated in many levels, both with music and also in his paintings. And there's a lot of references to Charlie Parker, Miles Davis, and other musicians throughout this work. And you spoke about his graffiti name, Samo, with Al Diaz. So that transition of the street art phenomenon in New York and then his painting in places that we might call a studio. Through the transition for Basquiat, didn't music continue to be a source of inspiration for him? And is it true that he listened as he painted Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, and actually in the exhibition, we have four playlists. The first one is in Kings County, and that refers to his childhood home. And Janine and Lisanna created a playlist of music that they all listened to growing up in Brooklyn. Then when you enter his studio, part of the exhibition, we play music that Jean-Michel listened to while he was painting. We also have a bunch of his records on display and a lot of videotapes, because not only did he listen to music, he also constantly watched movies while he worked. Then in another part of the exhibition called Late Night New York, we recreate the Palladium, which was a nightclub in Lower Manhattan, the VIP room, the Michael Todd VIP room, where we have two of his paintings, and there's also a soundtrack in there, 80s kind of disco music that was playing at the time. So music was a really important part of everything that he did, and music is an important part of the exhibition as well. You can go to Spotify and get these playlists that reflect Basquiat's taste and music that influenced him and his work, and it's endless. He's absolutely amazing, very eclectic. My background is in jazz, and you know he picks some of the greatest jazz music and artists of all time. So I think it's an appropriate time to take a short musical break. Let's take a listen to a classic. Charlie Parker, Dizzy Gillespie, Bud Powell, Max Roach, Charles Mingus with Salt Peanuts. Salt Peanuts. Salt Peanuts. Salt Peanuts. 
So, Eileen, there's a painting called Charles I, and in this particular painting, which I've always loved, Basquiat portrays Charlie Parker, who we just heard from, as a personal hero and king of culture. Is that where the crown, which Basquiat uses so often in his paintings, is that where it stems from? I'm not sure if it stems from that particular painting, but his whole thing with the crown was to really kind of elevate his heroes, his black heroes, to the status of kings and royalty, because that's how he felt about Charlie Parker, for sure, Miles Davis, sports heroes. We have a painting of Sugar Ray, Jesse Owens, and these people were royalty to him. So that's kind of how he used the crown to portray them that way. And that is really so wonderful. There's also Basquiat's relationship with Andy Warhol. Tell us how that started and what role it played in Jean-Michel's growth as a painter and how that friendship blossomed into kind of a creative partnership. Yeah, it's kind of a great story. I mean, you know, back in the day when Jean-Michel was first starting, he actually went into a restaurant where Andy Warhol was having lunch with the curator of the Metropolitan Museum at the time, Henry Geltzahler, and tried to sell them postcards that he had painted on. And and both Henry and Andy said, you know, kind of great, like, come back when you're really an artist. Fast forward many years later, him and Andy really forged a really important friendship. It was an important friendship for both of them. Andy really helped Jean-Michel navigate the art world because it's not an easy place to find your way. And as a young Black artist, it was particularly difficult for him. So Andy kind of really helped Jean-Michel in the art world. And Jean-Michel, in turn, really encouraged Andy to take a painting again because at the time he had stopped painting. They really had this great friendship that continued until Andy's death, which Jean-Michel took very, very hard. Wasn't Jean-Michel one of the first artists commissioned to create art in New York's Palladium when it changed from a concert hall to a nightclub? This was 1985, I believe. Yes, there are two paintings that were made for the VIP room of the Palladium nightclub, and they're both unbelievably spectacular. One of them is 44 feet long, and the other one is about... 16 feet high. So they're in the space. We tried to recreate the ambiance of kind of an 80s club at the time. And they're really amazing, amazing to see. Ironically, it was actually Henry Geltzahler who recommended Jean-Michel do paintings for the Palladium Nightclub. So I wanted to play some more music and then we'll be back with more conversation with our wonderful guest, Eileen Shepard Gallagher. You know, I have this wonderful sort of condensed list of Jean-Michel Basquiat's favorite songs. Let's take a listen to another king, Mr. Stevie Wonder with Black Man. Now, this started in New York, and I actually had a friend that was there and said oh my God, it's coming to LA. You have to see this. You have to cover this. So that's one of the reasons that I reached out. And she's actually the daughter of John and Alice Coltrane. 
a king and a queen. Oh, Michelle. Michelle Coltrane. Yes. And I was thinking that I would put you two together just because the work of her mother and father need this kind of attention, too. Absolutely. And we actually met in New York. She came to the exhibition and she was very, very impressed. And they're actually renovating the home, John and Alice's home in Long Island. So I hope to be working with them to kind of help them along as well. Fantastic. I was kind of thinking, like, if you don't know each other, you should. And yes, they are restoring the Coltrane home. And it's absolutely amazing what they're doing. And it's going to be similar to the Louis Armstrong house where they're going to have classes for kids and just all kinds of wonderful programs for free for the community. It's going to be a really wonderful community center. Something that I think that John and Alice always wanted to do. So here's what the critics are saying. I just wanted to read a few of these. The New York Times, the intimate family element combined with the scope of Basquiat's glowing, gone-too-soon talent creates an emotional impact that's hard to shake. Harper's Bazaar said, an unprecedented look at the creative evolution of the artist behind the legend. Time Out New York said, our favorite exhibit of the year. So we're just super excited about this. And Eileen, I wanted to ask you more about Jean-Michel. And wasn't social commentary an important element of his work? Yeah, it really was. And, you know, he addressed a lot of the issues of the day, particularly racism, capitalism, and other things he saw kind of as injustices in society. You know, he also had a great bit of irony and wit as he did kind of explore these topics, which I think really, again, resonates with people. You know, the way that he presents them is with like a little wink, wink, nod, nod, you know, to get people to really think about what's going on in society. Would you agree with timeout.com when it wrote that Jean-Michel Basquiat King Pleasure is more narrative driven than a typical museum exhibition? and more substantial than all of those immersive shows. Yeah, I mean, what we really tried to do was create a real emotional connection between Jean-Michel and audiences. So this is not a white-walled art exhibition. You come in and you feel like you're in a very kind of warm environment. There are recreations where we kind of bring you into the narrative in a very deep and immersive way. You learn a lot about Jean-Michel as a person, as well as appreciating his art. And I think a lot of art museums don't contextualize work enough for their audiences. And you can't really understand and appreciate art unless you kind of understand the context in which it was created. So that's what we've really done with this exhibition. And I think it's really, really resonated with people. The exhibition is produced by the estate of Jean-Michel Basquiat with his sisters, Lisanne Basquiat and Janine Haraveau. They serve as executive producers and curators in collaboration with my guest, Eileen Gallagher, and ISG Productions Limited. It's time for more music because we love music and we love Jean-Michel Basquiat. And let's take a listen to another one of his favorites, Another King, Jimi Hendrix with Voodoo Child. Music from Jimi Hendrix. 
Eileen, what do you think people will discover about Basquiat when they visit this extraordinary exhibition at L.A. Grand? I think they'll experience the deep connection that he had to his family, kind of where he lived and where he grew up and how he became an artist and became as well-known as he did. They'll get to experience work, a lot of which has never been seen before. And I think they'll really understand a dimension of Jean-Michel that heretofore has not been presented to the public. The exhibit opens March 31st. And tell us how long it's going to be downtown at the Grand L.A.? Till July 31st. Fantastic. Eileen, thank you so much for joining us today on KPFK and the program Profiles. And we definitely are going to get the word out about this wonderful exhibit. Good luck to you, and let's stay in touch. Thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this edition of Profiles. And please join me next time for another in-depth look at the legendary musicians and artists who changed the trajectory, opened our minds, and have continued to inspire us. I'm your host and producer, Maggie Lapique. Special thanks to my producers, Jerry O and Andrea Love. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to tune in next time for Profiles with Maggie Lapique.